Hello there, everyone, and welcome to You Scared of This, a podcast where normally two grown men review every episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark and then talk about it. But as fate would have it, you've joined us in part two of our unholy experiment. Welcome to part two of You Dumb Babies, a podcast where two grown men review Rugrats and try to make sense of it. <laughs> you know, we didn't, uh, after last week's episode, did we actually determine whether or not we were scared of that shit? I think we both said no. I think that was bo- our final answer. But I'm starting to, like, question myself on that. <laughs> because since we watched it, you've not slept. Exactly. Every time I close my eyes, I just see Big Boy Pickles saying, Num Nums! Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't eaten anything just because of Num Nums. Last week, we reviewed Ange- the episode Angelica's Worst Nightmare, and I think we really tapped a nerve with that one. Uh, I was kind of surprised at the outpouring of uh, emotion from the fans. I say outpouring of emotion. We got like four or five responses to it on Facebook. Uh, I had I had separate responses off of Facebook as well. But from our meager listenership, there were a lot of people who were definitely still scared of that shit. And reasonably so. Fear of the big baby runs deep. Just to clarify, big baby didn't have another name, did he? He's never named in the episode. Rugrats Wikipedia lists him as Big Boy Pickles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know I, that. I, knew I wasn't setting you up that. for that. Old Big Boy Pickles. That's as close to an official name as he has. Oh, man. Um, I'm glad I asked you that. Big Boy Pickles. All right, so so everyone was appropriately scared of Big Boy Pickles. You know, uh, as you said in the opening, Are You Afraid of the Dark is our main squeeze. You know, right. it's the thing that we really get down on. And Rugrats is just a side piece. But we still have certain flavors that we like to seek out. And in Are You Afraid of the Dark, there tend to be big scary monster episodes and then like introspective sort of subtle fears that we deal with, right? Yes, I think that about sums it up existential things. So last week, we dealt with the biggest, scariest monster on any Nickelodeon show ever. We've got to look deep inside and examine that existential fear that came up in episodes like The Tale of the Lonely Ghost, The Tale of the Frozen Ghost, and The Tale of the Shiny Red Bicycle. That's right. This week, we're watching one of the most tragic episodes of Rugrats or any other Nicktoon. Yeah. I remember Melville. (laughs) This is an episode that you might not think you remember, but I guarantee you do. Before and we get to the review, is there anything, is there any nude business we need to talk about? Um, before we dive headlong into this tale of woe. Yeah, before we, we before we sink utterly into despair as a dessert for the uh, terror that we felt for the past week. No, I've got, I've got nothing. You've got nothing. Nothing. Um, I do have a small bit of uh, Nickelodeon nostalgia news. Uh, an appropriate bit of news at that, given this one. Something we forgot to mention uh, last episode. The day before we recorded that, news broke of the death of Jack Riley, who was actually the voice of none other than Stu Pickles. Oh, that's right, yeah. And I didn't want to mention it. I didn't want to start us off on such a dour note, but it seems appropriate to, uh, to briefly touch on it here. Uh, he was 81 years old, which is kind of crazy. He died of pneumonia. Uh, he was also the voice of the I Can't Believe It's Not Butter guy. We're out of shed spread country crock. No, we're not. Look, country crock and mini crocks. Same rich buttery taste. Mm-hmm, and a third fewer calories, too. Yeah, yeah, he was in a lot of commercials. 
He, he yeah, he had a lot of acting credits, but probably best known to people our age as the voice of Stu. And actually, growing up, I always enjoyed when I would hear a commercial and realize that he was the narrator in it. Um, I had something of a a keen ear for that sort of thing, and I guess I still kind of do. But uh, he was one of my favorite voices to catch in commercials. Baking muffins? Uh-huh, with Shed's Country Crock Sticks. Country Crock Sticks? Uh-huh. Great taste and fewer calories. And now he's gone to sleep for a very long time. He's not believing it's butter up in heaven now. <laughs> R.I.P., Big Boy Pickles. <laughs> On that uplifting note, let's do what we came to do. Let's talk about I Remember Melville. This was episode number 63 Written by Barbara Slade and directed by Steve Saki. And it originally aired May 15th, 1994. Just a few weeks after Angelica's Worst Nightmare. And this one opens with our... Uh, how many young protagonists do we want to say we have here? Are we going to include the titular Melville? We, <laughs> that is a very good question. We're going to say four young protagonists and one of indeterminate age. This episode starts like every other episode of Rugrats does... With an extreme close-up of something indiscernible. Yep. I say that. Every episode of Rugrats opened one of two ways, if I'm remembering it right. Either with an extreme close-up of some really mundane object, or zooming out from a character's mouth as they're eating something. Uh, did Angelica's Worst Nightmare start that way? It starts out with a close-up of the lion, remember? You are such a beautiful girl! I hate that lion. <laughs> Every single episode was like that. This episode is no different. It begins with a close-up of the kids, I say the kids, the babies, Tommy and Phil and Lil playing with a bug in a box, just a little roly-poly bug. Yeah, you don't know what it is at first. You just see a stick poking a purple uh, sort of like textured ball, and it's an actual texture. It's not like everything else in Rugrats that just has weird hairy lines all over it. We're quickly told that this is a bug, and naturally Phil and Lil go to eat it. It's at that point that Chucky bursts onto the scene to stop them from eating his pet-slash-child. Chucky stops them yeah. and says, No, you can't do that. That's Melville. He's gone to uh, gather leaves, and he's returned just in time to save Melville, his new pet bug. Yeah, Chucky ex- explains that Melville is his pet. You know, he can't have a dog, he can't have a cat, he can't have a real pet, so he's adopted this bug. This is a trope in cartoons that I like. This bug has never been seen before, and spoiler alert for later in the episode, it's never going to be seen again. <laughs> but I did but, like that on the Rugrats wiki, they described this as Melvin's, Melville's only episode. <laughs> Which, <laughs> duh. I mean, I guess they could have had to make a surprise comeback during like sweep season or something. Um, I mean, God knows there's enough dream sequences that he could have emerged in one of those. Very true. So, Melville is a bug. It's Chucky's pet. Chucky explains that adopting this bug has been a life-changing experience for him. And we get a ridiculous montage of them, like, spending time together, playing together. Mind you, this is a bug. It doesn't really... Like, the most it's capable of doing is eating leaves and sitting inertly. Um, Which is kind of great, because it says something about Chucky, that he is able to bond so closely with the most, like, borderline inanimate object. <laughs> borderline inanimate is great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we get a big montage of, like, Chucky sharing secrets with the bug, like, really pouring his heart and soul what, into this bug. What does he say the secret is? Uh colored soaps from the bathroom. You know, they do look 
like candy. Which I found pretty weird that that was something he's never told anyone. Like, I feel that that's sort of out of character for one of the Rugrats to yeah, hide like, the fact that they ate a soap. Eating weird shit is their bread and butter. Yeah. Probably more so than actual bread and actual butter. Which I've never seen them eat. But after this establishing montage, Chucky goes to drop Melville off with the other babies and says that he has to go run errands uh, picking leaves out for Melville. Yeah, he brings Melville in Melville's little shoebox, which, where did he get that shoebox? Like, did his is his dad party to this? How long has he had this bug? Uh, uh, like you said, an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, he has Melville in a shoebox that has dirt and grass and leaves in it. Now, this this implies that he packed a suitcase before he came to Tommy's house, and he tucks Melville in with a blanket even, which is really just a handkerchief, uh, so that he can go find some new leaves for Melville to eat. Yeah, again, he's acting like an overly doting parent who's like, Melville only likes this one specific kind of leaf, and it's really hard to find, so you guys watch him and make sure he gets plenty of exercise and make sure you feed him and make sure he gets his nap, and Tommy is immediately like, okay, we get it. Yeah. I bet Tommy feels pretty shitty about that, given what happens next. <laughs> Chucky walks away to go find these the leaves. The bird is dead, isn't it, Tommy? Oh, we're going to talk about that. Don't think we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Chucky walks why can, away. Why could Melville have died the same way? <laughs> Did you tell him I said on it? <laughs> that line works better than anything in this episode. God, I love that episode. Um, we're talking about Rocco. We're going to touch on that in a minute. Chucky leaves. Immediately, Phil and Lil try to eat the bug again. Yeah. Uh, but Tommy stops them and says, no, we have to take care of Melville. Tommy says, let's teach Melville some new tricks to surprise Chucky. Come on, Melville. Don't you want to play? And Melville is laying on his back. The babies don't quite know what to make of this. And it's at this point that we get maybe my favorite Rugrats quote in the entire series. As they try to piece together what has happened. Maybe he's tired. Or maybe his batteries ran out. Or maybe he's dead. Phil then goes, well, this will definitely surprise Chucky. (laughs) (laughs) Phil is such a pragmatist in this episode. God, oh. this is so. This scene is so fucking funny. For this to be like the most morbid scene in all of Rugrats up to this point, it's fucking hilarious. You know, when we watched the last episode, one of the things that like I wondered was how they like who came up with that. And uh, this is another one of those episodes that like whoever's idea it was like, oh, let's let's introduce the Rugrats to death. Although apparently Tommy's the only one of them that didn't know anything about death, but like. The fact that this is the way that they did it in this weird, like, vaguely harmless way so that they can get away with really dark jokes is pretty fantastic. It's, it is gold. Like, Tommy immediately says, we have to do something. To which Phil replies with complete deadpan. I think it's a little (laughs) late for that, Tommy. (laughs) Phil is so casual in this scene. He might as well be, like, smoking a cigarette and sitting on the crapper. Babies immediately panic and try to figure out what can we do to prevent Chucky from finding out about this. They find a snail and try to substitute it into the box. I can't remember which of the babies it is of comments like, It's not really a bug, it's a snail. Come on, snail, it begs a bug. But due to the urgency of the situation, they just go for it. Yeah, which it's at that time that uh, 
that Chucky comes back and they do the cartoon thing of trying to pretend that they weren't doing anything and that nothing was going on. Phil actually like lays on the ground on his back with his hands behind his head and his feet up in the air trying to look as casual as possible. The blocking and the framing of this scene is so great because the babies are all just obviously trying way too hard to look like nothing's wrong. It's nice that they're able to make that sort of cliche gimmick actually kind of funny. It's just all of this, I think what makes this episode so effective is like, you wouldn't expect this sort of situation in Rugrats. Like, seeing this in other shows, it would feel, like, hacky. Seeing it in this show, where it's a bunch of babies trying to cover for the death of a, like, roly-poly bug. It's slightly morbid and very effective. Chucky immediately senses something is wrong because he's has a fucking brain in his head. He's like, what's going on? And, uh... They explained to him very flatly, like, oh, here's what happened while you were gone. You know, Lil ate a mud pie. Oh, and Tommy, you know, picked up a rock or something. And then Phil goes, and oh yeah, your bug died. What? Phil's kind of the antagonist of this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if anyone is, it's him. He, like, he does not deliver this news lightly. (laughs) And he gives zero fucks about it. He delivers, delivers this... This tragic news with all the grace of, like, a sledgehammer to the back of the head. His hands are still behind his head, and he's still as casual as can be as he's saying all of this. Chucky flips the fuck out. Tommy immediately tries to deflect it, says, don't worry, we got you a new pug. (laughs) (laughs) Chucky opens the box and sees the snail just, like, crawling around in Melville's stuff. Reacts violently to this snail. Like, says what we were all thinking. I don't want a new pug, and besides, that's not even a bug, it's a snail. Like, physically throws it off screen and says that he doesn't want another pet. He wants Melville back. He, did he kill that snail? I hope that <laughs> yeah. in Chucky's rage, he just destroyed it. <laughs> I've actually, like, when I was watching this, I paused in that moment to make a note. And Tommy's expression, he's like, uh-oh. We'll put that on the Facebook group. Um, <laughs> he's, like, looking off into the distance, like, trying to think of where they went wrong with this plan. But it isn't long before Chucky finds the body of Melville. Demands that Melville speak to him. Speak! And refuses to believe that this is happening. Yeah, yeah. He goes through the stages of grief, and I guess the, the first one's denial, right? Right. He goes through anger and denial, and I would even say bargaining. Because he says, if I pre- he said, I thought if I pretended and just kept pretending long enough, eventually he would wake up. Which is like, in a way, bargaining. He's like, if I just do this thing, then my grief will be, like, my, my loss will be solved. You're right. That's actually a really good observation. I, I had not thought about that. Well, I remember going. I remember going into this that like at some point in my childhood, I actually made the connection. Probably not like the first time I saw this episode, obviously, but I made the connection between the stages of grief and this episode of this show. And so then, every time I've watched it since then, I've sort of analyzed it through that lens. It's interesting that both of the episodes we review we have reviewed for this uh, have featured a baby going through the stages of uh of grief yeah yeah because angelica did the same thing coping with the the arrival of big boy pickles chucky has a complete mental breakdown yeah and and they're pretty real about it yeah i mean it's you feel for chucky no matter how 
how ridiculous this situation is. Yeah, he, uh, and we can go through this pretty quickly. The next time they see him, he is with Melville and he is in denial. He is trying to, trying to get Melville to, uh, practice circus tricks and he keeps putting him on a rope, uh, like a tightrope and he falls off and he argues with the others that Melville's not dead and Tommy shows him a worm and says he is dead. And, and that's when he goes through the, the thing he says about bargaining, where he says, you know. I thought if I could just pretend he was alive, he'd wake up and be okay. Guys, I miss Melville. I'll never be happy again. I'm shocked at the number of times the word dead is uttered in this Nicktoon. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, they are, they do not try to sugarcoat it. I mean, I guess they do by making it about a bug. Right, and I but think like, that's how they get away with it, too. But he says, he's dead, he's gone, and I'll never be happy again. And he's like, I mean, they are really addressing the issue. I seem to remember reading somewhere on the internet, and this might just be, like, hearsay or ap- apocryphal or whatever. But, like, after a certain point in the 90s, Nickelodeon banned the word dead. Like, they made oh. it so you couldn't say it in a Nicktoon or in, uh, like, a Nickelodeon-produced show. I, again, I don't have any evidence to support whether or not that is actually true, but it's something I would notice in some episodes, like watching them in middle school or later, how like characters would talk around the idea of death. You don't get that here. <laughs> no, and this was early enough that it's very possible that uh, this was before that ban. But yeah, Chucky has another breakdown, accepts that Melville has died. And then we get an interesting cut to the next day when Chucky... Shows back up at the house, looking surprisingly cheerful, having just lost, having just declared that he'll never be happy again. And I thought that was a pretty good commentary on kids. Like, it evolves into something more. But as I was watching it, I thought that something really funny, like, a very dark twist on this episode would have been if it ended right, like, maybe 30 seconds into the scene. Guys, don't worry. That was yesterday. I'm going on with my life. I forget it all about old what's-his-name. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would have been the darkest version of this. It would have been a lot darker then, because it would have been sort of like a, a really morbid examination of how fickle kids can be, and how uh, how trivial, or how, how dramatic they can treat trivial things and then move on very quickly. So the kids are digging, Chucky comes in, they invite him to dig holes with them, he says yes, and they're all being super nice to him. Uh, they say, hey, that's a great hole that you've dug there, Chucky, that's the best hole ever. And uh, it slowly comes to a point where Chucky realizes why they're being nice to him. Because he says, hey, do you guys want to do something else? And while they're trying to think of something else to do, each of them accidentally says something that they're afraid will remind, remind him of Melville. Uh, they say, hey, let's play circus. And it's like, oh, shit, you and Melville played circus. And it's like, hey, let's play, what is that? Let's play on the jungle gym. It's like, oh, shit, that's where you found Melville. And then and Tommy, Tommy is like the a one. like a fucking dumbass suggests they go play <laughs> Bugs in the Rug. Hey, what's the matter, you guys? Bugs in the Rug is a great game. They eventually decide on something that definitely absolutely will not remind him of Melville. They're going to go steal chocolate pudding from the fridge and just eat it with their hands. Which I respect. Or not even with their hands. They just kind of shove it into their faces. They go to the kitchen. They start eating chocolate pudding. And for the third time in this episode, Chucky has a mental breakdown. Chucky begins weeping uh, inconsolably, saying this reminds him of when he and Melville used to eat chocolate pudding. Melville and me always used to have chocolate pudding together. Right before he died! Uh-oh. Nice 
Chucky finally really like gets all this off his chest and says like, I never really got to say goodbye to him. I wasn't ready. They decide to give Melville a, a real dignified funeral. Did you notice that while they're in the kitchen and they're getting the uh, chocolate pudding, <laughs> I don't know why I liked this so much, but whoever the animator was that did the background for this episode, inside of the fridge there's a milk carton and it has like a lost child's picture on it and they've written full details for who this child is. It has to be an inside joke. And I was like, oh, that's funny. So I started looking at other things. And the, uh, the mayonnaise that is sitting next to the jar of milk, the brand, instead of going into the same amount of detail and having, like, a brand name for the mayonnaise, it's literally just j- labeled with the words, a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> As though, like, some corporation was, like, screw marketing. I'm looking at the kid on the milk box now. His name is David Allen, and he has some kind of nickname uh, in quotes that I can't make out. And they say we're in California, he's from, too. You can't see it, but it's there. That is a really genuinely interesting observation in the background this week. Yeah. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to dig a little deeper here and figure out who this kid is. Oh man, if we ever watch every episode of uh Rugrats, I'm gonna be looking for that kid's name everywhere. Hey, just popping in to say that we solved the mystery. David Allen is a design supervisor and prop designer on Rugrats, according to Rugrats Wikia. So there you go. Yeah, so uh, the kids get out of the kitchen. They decide they're going to bury Melville. They dig a, a nice hole in the ground. They put Melville's shoebox in it, and then they push the dirt over it. One of the babies asks, would anyone like to say some words? And uh, Phil and Lil both speak up and start talking about Chucky's relationship with Melville. And they both, like, wind up in tears. Leaves. And I remember father used to eat chocolate pudding, even though I don't think Melville really liked chocolate <laughs> but Chucky starts laughing. He starts laughing his head off. Uh, it's at this point, I assumed Chucky had just gone insane. Like, Yep, yep. I thought this was going to be Chucky's The Killing Joke, <laughs> where Chucky had had one bad day, and this was what pushed him into insanity. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's just uh, remembering all the good times he had with Melville, and he tells the babies that from now on, when he thinks of Melville, he's going to be happy. He's not going to be sad anymore. He's going to remember what made their their bond so beautiful. The, the camera pans up to the sun and uh, rocking awesome Rugrats music. I mean, it's a commercial. Again, this was the first half of a two-story episode. Yeah, and even though this is definitely the existential horror of the Rugrats collection, I feel, I feel ripped off that we didn't watch the B part of this episode instead. I, I did too. Uh, but yeah, that's it for I Remember Melville. Eli, what'd you think of this one? Uh, I Remember Melville is a really simple, straightforward episode in its plot. Chucky has a bug, the bug dies, everyone tries to deal with death. That's that's it. The way that they handle that uh, is way funnier than I remember. Like, Phil and Lil and Tommy all get some good moments in. But the way that they handle death is genuinely impressive. Um... You know, the reason we picked this one was to be ironic. We said we wanted to deal with existential horror, and so we picked the episode where the Rugrats learned to deal with death. But it's handled with both humor and poignancy that no episode of um, Are You Afraid of the Dark has managed so far, I think. Wow, high praise. I mean, I'm not saying it's better than any episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, but it's it definitely tackles its subject matter really, um, really well. I'm not going to mince words. I loved this episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was not prepared for how funny this was. Even though I remembered a lot of the, the key moments and the key scenes, watching them now at like age 29, like the beginning of it is a little bit maudlin and, and cheesy and the end is a little bit maudlin and cheesy. But man, that three minute sequence when Melville dies is fucking <laughs> gold. Yeah. That is some of the strongest writing, strongest jokes, strongest acting, and I think probably all of Rugrats. It is fantastic. And you're right. Like, it was very bold of Rugrats to do an episode dealing with, like, the death of a loved one, essentially. Like, I, I talk about how funny it is and how funny the, the death of Melville is, but, like, they handle it all with a lot of poise and maturity. Uh, it makes me think of the episode of Sesame Street where Mr. Hooper died. And for anyone who doesn't know the Sesame Street history, uh, Mr. Hooper was an old man human who lived on Sesame Street and owned Hooper's grocery store. The actor who played Mr. Hooper actually died, and rather than writing him out of the show, they decided, no, we're, like his character will die on the show as well, uh, as a way of honoring him and addressing the issue, but also as a way of teaching kids about death. So Big Bird has to learn about death in that episode, and Big Bird, uh, the entire episode is Big Bird dealing with Mr. Hooper's death in the exact same way that Chucky did. He goes through denial about it uh at one point he just pretends it didn't happen he gets angry he goes through all the stages as well but what makes this episode of rugrats particularly impressive to me is that they show all of that being resolved without the help of adults and without anyone sort of like really explicitly saying how chucky is supposed to feel he just comes to it through his own experiences which is shockingly impressive uh for a children's animated series about talking babies that is impressive it's very well said i never never went into this show or this like this gag episode expecting to have high praise but uh they did a great job uh before we finish talking about this uh let's double back and mention something uh you touched on earlier (laughs) which is how which is how another show handled it nickelodeon went to this well twice Not long after this episode aired, we got the episode of Rocco's Modern Life entitled Bye Bye Bertie. (laughs) Where, as we all remember, Philbert leaves his pet bird with Rocco and Heifer. And through a series of events that I won't get into, Heifer sits on it. uh, The bird dies. And I feel like that show teaches a very different lesson about how to deal with the death of a per- the death of a pet. I'm having trouble talking. I'm having trouble making any comment on that just because I'm remembering that episode and it's so good. I mean, it's actually kind of similar. They try to pretend like the bird is alive. They try to hide the fact that it's dead, and eventually they give it a nice funeral. But like, they it's way crazier than this. <laughs> well, the best part is like. Uh, Whereas this episode deals with a lot of, like, what happens after the owner confronts the death of the animal, uh, Rocco actually deals with how Rocco and Heifer deal with it, which is, like, Heifer tries to uh, fake the bird being alive by putting it on a record player and having it spin around in circles while wearing sunglasses. And then when Filbert does find out that his bird is dead, 
he immediately, or like, when he senses something's wrong, he immediately just says, The bird is dead, isn't it? He assumes the bird died of natural causes. Yeah, he says, oh, they, they live a really short time. It was just his time to go. And then Heifer, of course, says, Did you tell him I sat on it? Is it weird that Nickelodeon did two very specific episodes about this same thing? I think, you know, I, I wonder how much, like, uh discussion there was between the writers at Klasky Supo and who did Rocco? I don't know. Joe, whatever Joe Murray's company is called. But yeah, I, I wonder how much sort of discussion there was between them. Um, because it feels like the Rocco episode is a parody almost of the, the fact that Rugrats was doing that. Well, now I'm going to have to watch that episode uh, to prepare for editing this this podcast. So yeah. any excuse I have to watch that one, I'll take. I recommend... To all of our listeners, check out both of those episodes and draw your own comparisons. Yeah, when you, when you are ready to face death, those are the ways to do it. I guess there's only one question left. Eli, yeah, were so. you scared of this? <laughs> um, no, absolutely not. This episode is the most responsible episode in dealing with uh, scary subject matter. I was also not scared of this. I can honestly say I didn't quite feel the same thing I felt watching The Tale of the Lonely Ghost, but I did feel things, which is more than I was expecting, so I tip my hat to you. I remember Melville. So that concludes our two-episode hiatus experiment, our summer break from Are You Afraid of the Dark? And uh, the the debut of <laughs> you dumb babies. Dykus, what are your overall feelings on the scariest episodes of Rugrats? I thought a lot about this. You know, I really enjoyed watching Rugrats, but I have to say, no matter how much I enjoyed watching the show, whenever I was watching it on Hulu, I couldn't help feeling like kind of a creepy sex pervert. It's just weird watch. It's weird watching Rugrats as a grown man, and I'm using my sister's Hulu to watch them. So I had to explain to her like, I'm I'm watching it for the podcast. Don't think I'm weird because I'm watching old reruns of Rugrats. Watching it as an adult, it's hard to not feel kind of creepy. <laughs> that being said, I enjoyed watching these episodes. They were both surprisingly funny. I watched a few other episodes on Hulu just for fun. Uh, it's a better show than I remember it being, and I'm glad we did this. We gave Rugrats a hard time, uh, I would say, what, for the past 10 or 15 years of our lives? Yeah. Uh, we've we've made fun of Rugrats as much or more than any other single television show, right? I could not name one that we've treated with more derision than Rugrats. And here I am, having picked two episodes of it on a joke that uh, I ended up enjoying watching. So, uh, so yeah, even though I, I, I don't want to keep going back to this well uh i definitely had fun with it two episodes i want to mention very briefly before we conclude our our discussion of rugrats uh one of them is the episode that immediately follows i remember melville the back half of it which was no more cookies uh one of the probably the episode we've quoted the most would you say uh definitely one of them i mean i think maybe reptar on ice is tied with it if i try to eat cookies you babies gotta stop me but angelica promise me okay angelica we promise no matter what no matter what even if i beg even if i cry even if i threaten to beat your baby brains in i 
game, Jellico. We promise, we promise. Uh, one episode that we overlooked that might also be regarded as scary uh, was In the Dreamtime. That is another episode that's mostly dream sequences, and I did watch it just to see how it stacked up. It's not quite as horrible as Big Boy Pickles, but there is some nightmare stuff in that episode as well. Yeah, and we debated actually watching that instead of watching I Remember Melville, but the joke of watching a non-scary episode was too great. Uh, in the Dreamtime is the episode that features the line, What's going on, Toby? I'm not Tommy! <laughs> by, by Rugrats standards, it's pretty creepy and you should watch it. If you want the if you want the intersection of Rugrats and Scary, that's it. That's the one to watch. But with that business out of the way, let's get ready for season three of Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's right. We're returning to Are You Afraid of the Dark with our next episode. Next week, we'll be reviewing The Tale of the Midnight Ride. Uh, it's going to be directed by the man himself, DJ McHale. Uh, and it's going to be a Tucker story. What the fuck? A Tucker story? Who what? is Tucker? What is, what's a Tucker? That's right. We're going to be meeting some new faces next week. Uh, and I'm pretty excited to see how that plays out. Yeah. But yeah, we want to thank you for joining us these past couple of weeks while we uh, we tried this experiment. We hope this opens the door for us to review some other non-Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, shows in the future. So stay and tuned. And we've definitely had some recommendations. We've had some very good recommendations from fans. So if you have any shows you remember having a particularly scary episode that has stuck with you, let us know and we will definitely take them under consideration. We yeah, and before we close out, I wanted to say thanks to one of our fans, uh, Bryce Lee Wynn who uh, has been posting on Facebook with us recently, which we appreciate, had a really great note that he made to us. He said he binge listened to our entire first two seasons in two days, which I then got to, uh, you know, sort of shame my wife, which I then shamed my wife with because she hasn't done, she hasn't even listened to all of our episodes and she's been around since the beginning of the show. Um, so I wanted to thank Bryce for the kind words on Facebook and for the support of the show. Yes, thank you, Bryce. I, uh, that message made my day. Yeah, we same here. We appreciate you, and we appreciate everyone who's been, uh, who's stuck with us. Yeah, you and uh, and Eugene and Zachary and, and everyone who posts on the Facebook, uh, thanks to you all. You're slowly growing in numbers. We'll, we'll get to double digits someday. <laughs> I, I think I can still name everyone who's commented on our Facebook page, but someday, someday that'll, that'll be behind me. Now that there's no more nude business, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, you've been listening to You Scared of This and its uh, sister show, You Dumb Babies. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash you scared of this, soundcloud.com slash you scared of this, on Twitter, at you scared of this. You can email us at you scared of this shit at gmail.com. We still haven't changed the email from when we had a swear in our title. Uh, please, you know, follow us on social media. Uh, like us, share us, and uh, leave a review on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to us. And we'll see you next week for Season 3 of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Da, da. No, I'll tell you the actual darkest version of the ending of this episode. We've, we flash forward... 30 years into the future, Chucky's wife has died. Not explained how, but it's clear to everyone that she has died. Tommy knocks on the door. We hear Chucky talking by himself. Police kick down the door. Chucky is inside. 
He has been keeping his wife's corpse, like, upright. <laughs> and teaching her circus tricks. Teaching her circus tricks. <laughs> Our closing shot is Chucky wrapped in his straight jacket, screaming, She's alive, I tell, I tell you. Alive! 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 Chucky! Dirt, dirt. But it's important to remember that, like, before before Tommy knocks on the door to Chucky's apartment, like, he's standing outside with a woman, and he's saying, Now remember, you've got to be his new wife. <laughs> I'm not going to include any of that in the episode. I I just had that in my show. Though.